In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter, and I am recording this episode from a hotel room in New Orleans. I am here for a wedding conference. I'm very excited to be here, but also it's kind of the middle of the week, and I just saw the latest episode of Succession, and by the time you hear this, another episode will have come out, but if you watch Succession, it's like when the biggest thing of the biggest thing happened. No spoiler alerts here, but... I don't have anyone here to talk about it to. And I wish I could be on a phone with anyone that's listening now that watched it and is like having the same like, oh my God, moment. But anyway, I say that to say, this wedding conference has been great because I'm learning a lot of things, always. And if you didn't know, wedding professionals do have conferences. We get together so that we can keep up with our clients' needs and what brides are thinking and grooms are thinking and what couples are thinking and what our nearlyweds are thinking and how do we be better providers for services and how do we be at the best that we can be. So on this episode, we have Gabby. She's coming from brides.com and we're having a cool conversation kind of about some things that are like left in the past as far as trends, some things that are coming around the bend that we're loving and seeing, but also the biggest question that you all want to know is how to get published. So we have a lot to discuss on this episode, and our RBB is Mila again. Um, she is 10 days away from her upcoming wedding, and she also gives us a little bit of hindsight 2020. So this episode is definitely for if you think you're doing too much, take a listen because we'll probably have some tips for you in here. All right, let's get into it. I want to introduce you to Mila White an actual Betches Bride fan who is actively planning their wedding. It's my goal to help guide them through the process through practical tips and expert insights. So Mila was on the podcast before. She's been our type A bride ambassador, and she was also on our Weddings Trends for 2023 um, episode as well, if you want to hear about her pre-wedding planning. But also, Mila, fill me in. You've been You've planned a few weddings at this point. Which wedding are you on now? Yes. Hi. So good to be back. I'm getting married in literally 10 days from now, which is insane. I'm technically actually already married. I'm officially a wife, but I have gone through pretty much my entire bridal journey, my bachelorette, my church ceremony, both of my bridal showers, and I am at the final stretch. Awesome. All right. So when was your first wedding? My first wedding was the church ceremony was in mid-February, President's Day weekend, and it was amazing. Um, It went so much better than both Alex and I had anticipated. It was day just full of so much love. You know, there was really minimal planning that actually went into the whole weekend because it was such an intimate ceremony, but I think we were both surprised by how impactful that weekend felt and how special that day was. Uh, We've put so much energy and most of our energy into planning our large California wedding. So I don't think we were prepared for how emotional that ceremony would be Hmm. and how 
just overall special it was to us. And I think it has helped just change our perspective on our large wedding and just kind of ease a few of our anxieties and worries heading into the bigger weekend. Agreed. I find that the intimate weddings just always have a bit more of a, I mean, alone, they're just more intimate because you can actually see, touch and feel everyone, um, which Mm -hmm. adds another level of like, this is really special. Like everyone that's meant to be here is here. Do you think if you had only had your intimate wedding, would you, in hindsight, would you still have gone with a bigger wedding? I personally, Alex and I probably have different opinions about this. Alex would have been perfect. The church ceremony would have been just as fine for him. I would have still liked to continue with our large ceremony just because I believe that there are so many different people that are impactful in a relationship, especially a longer term relationship. And I think there have been so many people, friends and family that have been a part of our journey that I would like to celebrate our wedding with overall. Mm -hmm. And it was an absolute no brainer to continue into a larger ceremony. I love that. So tell us more about your second wedding and what you're looking to do there. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before, um, everything's done. I'm such a DIY, I was such a DIY bride. And as we're heading into the final moments, we're, we are still running through a full tradition, not traditional. I wouldn't say there's no like religious aspects of the ceremony that we're following, but we are going to have an actual ceremony. I will have like a large reveal with my wedding dress. I'll walk down the aisle. Alex and I will do a first look. Um, but because we are married, we just are removing the legality, I guess, out of it. Mm -hmm. There won't be any marriage license signed because it's signed, sealed, already delivered. (laughs) Um, and we will be saying our vows to each other privately that we didn't get a chance to do at the church ceremony because that was such a religious procedure and ceremony that we followed there. We didn't implement any sort of vows. So it's really just going to be Alex and I speaking from the heart, sharing this moment with our friends, our family, as I mentioned before, and then we will carry on with the traditional aspects of the wedding, a cocktail hour, a ceremony for stances, speeches, et cetera. All right, cool. So that's exciting. So was your first wedding, where was it located? Cause your second one's in Malibu. Yes. Our church ceremony was just at the Christian Orthodox church that my fiance grew up in, in New Jersey. There was only immediate family, our parents and our siblings, and then my grandmother. And then we celebrated after with like a small luncheon at his parents' house. Um, and it was just like a gorgeous day, very sunny. It was midwinter, but it, I'm so happy with my outfit choices. It felt like an elopement, but I understand now fully why so many people elope because I have never felt more special that in, like in my entire life than I did that weekend. Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm hopeful that your experience has then doubled then for your second wedding, but you have such a great memory to, you already have it. So you, even if this one doesn't go to, is picture perfect, you have such a great first experience. Like you've done it, which I think is a yes. huge weight lifted off of your shoulders too, to be like, this has to be perfect. It's like, eh. It's okay. It'll yeah. be it'll be what it's gonna be. <laughs> so. 100%. Yeah. Around that time too is when we had sent out our invitations. I had spent like a month DIYing my invitations. <laughs> and as soon as that ceremony started, there was no worry in my head. I let I re- I feel like I released all of my wedding planning anxieties <laughs> as soon as that ceremony started. And now we're just in like a state of bliss as we head mm-hmm. into the large ceremony or the large party. 
Oh, you're giving a lot of people probably permission to have like a pre-wedding and then a secondary wedding. So watch out trends. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. So you have a few questions and you are, just for clarification, you are working with a planner in Malibu? Yes, I have a full planner, full-time planner. She has been amazing. Uh, to be honest, you know, she has just taken care of a lot of things I didn't even know needed to be taken care of when it came to a wedding. Um, but as always, you know, there's some questions and everything is left into interpretation based on how Alex and I want to set up our own day. So she can't make every single decision for us because we have to personalize the event to be what we specifically want. And as someone who's indecisive, those, these (laughs) questions have really kind of left me stumped. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we've got, throw out some of the questions that you have right now. Yeah. So some of my questions have been, uh, one of them is timeline structure. I thought, you know, I've been to so many weddings before and I've been to so many weddings that were inside a church and you're being shuttled into a different venue for the ceremony. And I've been to weddings that are all on the same site. I've been to destination weddings. So I really thought we had so much more time than we did in Mm. our timeline And we do, the first half of the day, I will say, is pretty relaxed, even though I do have seven bridesmaids. um, Our beauty schedule is not, you know, super tight. We have a lot of room for relaxation and hanging out. But I swear, as soon as we start our first look and we start taking photos, it's like boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And I was so overwhelmed with trying to organize when the band should take a break based on the preferences that I've seen or comparisons from other people's weddings I've been to. And there's just a lot more logistically that I didn't think I had to think about. Mm. And one of the questions was really, when should I implement those band breaks? Because what I've realized is, yeah, we're paying for our band for about four hours, but because of dinner service, they're really only playing for like two Two. and a half, three hours total. And because of their breaks. So you're, I'm struggling with trying to maximize the amount of time we're dancing without uh, being an, everyone getting annoyed with getting up and down from their seats. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, a few follow-up questions there. Are you, what formalities are you trying to implement during your reception, including potential outfit changes? Yes. So I am changing into, I have three dresses. I'm not going to lie. I have my wedding okay. dress. I have a second dress. And that's a little bit more of like a dancey dress. And then I have like an after party party dress. Um, I don't know if I will be wearing all three. I've left it to myself to just not put pressure on myself. If I, I want to see how I feel that okay. day, if I want to stay in my wedding dress all night, I will. Um, but I yeah. do want to at least try to get one change in, even if it's the last 30 minutes. And okay. I had envisioned changing into my second dress around cake cutting time. Before or after? Before cake cutting. Okay. So cutting cake in the second dress. Okay. Yeah. Cutting cake in the second dress. And then I'm going through the timeline and I'm forgetting that we have late night food coming. Mm. (laughs) And so we have to be out of our venue by 11. We're not eating dinner till like 745, 750. Late night food, which is not really that late, is not coming until 10. (laughs) 10. Which is not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not that much time apart from dinner, which, you know, it was such a tough decision because 
this is where I probably would have gone. Wish I got married abroad somewhere I could push mm. my reception until a little bit later. Because they go to um, four or five a.m. <laughs> exactly. Then I could bring food in at one a.m. and everyone be like, "Oh my gosh, that's the best thing!" I need this now. I'm like, "Are people <laughs> hungry?" <laughs> exactly. I just don't know yeah. if people will be hungry. So that has also impacted when I changed my dress too, because I just don't want to be running around. <laughs> you are going to be running around <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel that. I feel it. <laughs> It, yeah, and it's made me nervous because I want to maximize my time also spent with Alex. Like, I don't want to have my planner be like, okay, it's time to change. Okay, it's time to cut the cake. Okay, it's time to get late night food, which it's going to be that way. So I think I'm just going to go into it with the headspace, hopefully, of just not putting too much pressure on myself if I don't feel like changing at the time that it's supposed yeah. to change. But yeah. yeah, I didn't know if I also should change like before then to also ease my stress before cake cutting, like way before, maybe halfway during dinner. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. So there's a few ways to approach this. And I think if you're having a band, I always focus on one, trying your best to keep your cocktail to 45 minutes instead of a full hour, understanding they're generally in a different mm-hmm. space than your reception. So when you're trying to prolong a reception, I say eat into your cocktail hour and give people some time to transition to find their seats so that you're actually starting your reception at the, at the top of an hour and actually getting a full four mm-hmm. hours. And a reason I suggest this is because if you have a full cocktail hour or a cocktail 15 or whatever you're thinking, you're bleeding into that eating time or that reception time by the transition and getting people, they're walking in the room, they're taking pictures, they're having this whole experience of interacting with your decor and lighting and the band is going, it takes, and they're going to be hugging people and doing their own thing. So it takes them a minute to really find their seat and get seated and for your service staff to walk around, confirm orders and whatever that experience is going to look like on the food service side. 
So my first suggestion when you're trying to think of how to best maximize your day, and by day, we're meaning how to best maximize your reception, work with your catering partners and your planner and saying, hey, how do we structure the timeline so we get that solid four hours and not a moment less? (laughs) And it's like, so food service while, like as like, if you really want to maximize it, and this is usually a, a faux pas for me, but generally it's a good suggestion would be to have salads preset. So people walk in, sit down, and they're going right into their salad. If you're like, I'm so anti that, which I kind of am, like I don't want to walk up and then there's food on the table, but that's me. Yeah. And I'm I'm okay with a long dinner service. But if you're like, I'm ready to party, F the salads. Then it's then it's like walk in, get your toast out of the way. And, not, and actually, let me back this up. I would say definitely maximize on time by not having your bridal party have a formal entrance as well, because that alone is going to eat up a good amount of time. So have the both of you walk in rather informally and they can make a soft announcement. Clap, clap, clap. You walk in, immediately find your seats. Someone gets up and does the welcome. Thank you all for coming. We're so happy you're here. Bless the food if that's your thing as well. Immediately (laughs) salads are coming out or first course comes out. And generally it takes 10 to 15 minutes for everyone to be served. I would say run your first toast right then. And then also at the same time, consider if it's possible for your band to break while you guys are eating your main course, which is my general suggestion. So it's like Mm. once that first course is done, cue up your band to then put their playlist on, they step away and go eat during the main course, which is when all of your vendors should be eating. Um, If you have toast, anchor your toast, try and get them done during that first course while everyone is there if you can. If you need to spread them out, at least have your photo and video stay on and your your band lead to run the toast during dinner and then let them break immediately after that toast so they can get a bite to eat. Everyone comes back on. By the time you're, I, I know I'm giving you a lot, so just stay with me here, but. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so ultimately you guys as a couple are always the first that are served. And I always think it's best to sit down and eat, even though you want to walk the room with an outfit change, you're kind of picking one or the other. And I'm saying do a soft walk when you can, probably after the first course. So after the salads, you guys quickly eat your salads, walk your room, go back, quickly eat your main. And then after your main course, you skedaddle, go get into your second dress. The band is also breaking at this time. You come back cut the cake in your second dress as like your, mm-hmm. your best way to do it. Dinner service for about 150 people, give or take is like, mm-hmm. I hold an hour and 30, but you got to make sure you communicate to your catering team. We want this thing to happen. There should be no dance breaks between get everyone sat down, get them eat it, eat it, <laughs> get them to eat their food <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then have your dessert passed. Another thing that will prolong you from dancing is when you have a seated third course, which is a dessert. So if you're like, I want to dance, that dancing, that dessert also needs to be up and at them. But I think right now you would still get two and a half hours of dancing is still a relatively good, good body of time to get your boogie on, in all honesty. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, these are really actually super helpful suggestions because we, I definitely did pass on the plated salads for the exact same reason because <laughs> I also just wanted the tables to be photographed with the menus. That's just like Agreed. a detail that I was really interested in. Um, and I just didn't want the salads to be on the table at that time. But 
uh, and my planner understood, but um, we did extend our cocktail hour 15 minutes because I was like, oh, Alex and I really want to make the best of it. So actually we have an hour and 15 minute cocktail hour, but now Mm. I'm actually thinking I have been considering shaving it down to like maybe 45 minutes to an hour. I have to discuss that with Alex because that leads me to my next question was, should we skip our sunset photos to join our cocktail hour? Because we had both discussed wanting to just be with everyone as much as possible. And I think especially after seeing our photos from our church ceremony in our engagement shoot, it's like, do I need the extra 20 minutes of photos of post photos when we're already taking some during our first look? A California sunset is unimaginable. I would not suggest it. If you were That's- in New Jersey, I'd be like, yeah, you fine. But no, not in a place <laughs> like this. And I think your photographer would be a little bit like, what, what you mean? Like it is like I've moved right. to California for the sunlight. Like you don't miss this. And right. I think it's having that conversation with your photographer to say it has to be 10 minutes and that is it. And I think it's just setting the parameter and that boundary to say, we want to go to cocktail hour and I want to eat all the food that is there. I'm giving you the moment Mm -hmm. that once we say I do or whatever, however it's structured in your, in your run of show, you've got us this amount of time. Can you make it happen? And I think it's really just understanding, do you have enough manpower to capture the details of your tablescapes and everything internally for the design of your room? And do you have enough time to pull us out and go? And is your venue like far? Is it, do you need to be, do you need a golf cart? Cause I would like prearrange any mode of transportation to even move you quicker to the mm-hmm. spot of sunset. Like when you're having that, I don't, yeah, you're getting married in 10 days. So you're probably having those conversations about shot list and what are the major moments? Right. It's like, identify exactly that shoot location and you and your husband need to know at the call, go, don't, don't delay. Don't hug your auntie, like go get those right. killer shots and come right back <laughs> and be in that cocktail hour. Cause you definitely want to get this and you might. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Okay, great. I feel great about that because <laughs> that was actually what I was thinking was instead of 20 minutes, we had shaved it down to 10 yeah. and we were going to do, um, extended family photos with our grandparents after the ceremony. And I was like, nope, we're going to squeeze them in before, even if it takes five minutes. Like I don't want to waste any other time after Mm -hmm. the ceremony with anyone else except for us. And that way we can just go from photos to the room reveal straight to cocktail hour. And I think, and I've done this before many times and it's really just having, I mean, you're having a conversation with a lot of people, but your floral team mm-hmm. is imperative to getting those grandparent pictures ahead of time. Cause sometimes what I suggest is yeah. sometimes you do want them in front of the ceremony arch and it's really communicating mm-hmm. to your, um, your floral team to say, Hey, we need this done because we're going to act. Don't use the time of the ceremony as your finish time. Use this time mm-hmm. as your finish time, because we really want to capture some pictures, whether it's an hour or 30 minutes before the invite time of guest so that you can maximize right. and let's get everything done. So just making sure as you're making like dream goals of like, I want to have these shots and I want to get this done in this time, just make sure everyone is up to speed on it. And that, so that way you can maximize all of the players being able to help you achieve that goal. Because the, the last thing right. you need is the floor saying, I had no idea you wanted to do first look pictures here with your family. I still got to put the twigs in. And you're like, what? So <laughs> and, and the, you're, you're so you're such in a good spot of having a planner who can be your liaison to push people when they are probably delayed. 
and to help even push your catering team when you're like, when you're like, I, we need to get these meals out. They have a dress change. We need two hours of dancing. Like what is going on? So I'm glad you have an advocate on your side to help you push that way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you got a good wedding. So your first dance, why is, talk to me, why is it stressing you out? Yes. Yeah, so this is something, you know, I will say I was so type A the entire time planning my wedding that I have made sure that I have been so relaxed these, this last month. And I know that a lot of it has to do with the fact that I do have a planner because I don't have to take on a lot of that responsibility. But the other day I got so stressed when we practiced our first <laughs> dance that I was like, why have I not put more thought into this? And I know a lot of couples can relate. Some people do go on the route of doing a full choreographed dance. That wasn't really our style. We both lack a lot of rhythm. And I can say that honestly. Um, I didn't think a couple two steps was going to be so bad. And I recorded us practicing and I was shocked by how bad we looked. Um, also, one of my preferences was to have to dance to a more upbeat song. That was mm. just our preference. We didn't want like a slow song. I, we personally like when the couple, you know, it's more engaging when you can kind of dance and clap along to a song. And we were dancing two times against the beat, like two times as fast. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening here? This is supposed to be a little two step. So I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should rush and like try and find someone to give us a quick little lesson or I kind of YouTube some steps that we need to be practicing. <laughs> And I don't think we need like a full choreograph, but I think we just need to learn like four steps and repeat them like a two step, maybe a little dip, a twirl, and then something else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a few options here. I do. Yes, you can run and try and get someone, but you're 10 days out. Is that realistic? We'll schedule allow. And how much practice do you really need for you to get those four steps? So that was, that's my first like, yes, you could. What do you really want to? And I think a good solve here is you have a lot of bridal party members. Is there a world in which they kind of can come up and kind of help champion the the mood a little bit more or kind of stand at the side and kind of be an anchor of of rhythm, if you will, Um, unless you want the floor completely clear? I would think then time out the dance and how long you want. I've seen tons of awkward dances and at the same time, that's who you are and you don't need to be anyone else. And everyone, no one's judging you on this. No one is, there's no competition here. If that's what your first dance looks like, that's just what it is. And I love the idea of an upbeat song and just doing the best that you can, just having people clap along. They probably all know that you both don't have rhythm. So there's no point in trying to find some Mm -hmm. now. And I think just lean into it, have fun (laughs) with it. And people ride your vibe. They're gonna, they're gonna see you just smile through it and like be the be your beautiful, awkward selves. Cause this is your day. They're there. They love you and they're gonna eat your food. And that's all that matters. You paid for them to be there. I would say work with your DJ <laughs> to <laughs> like if you got something to say about my dance, and I didn't see you pay for this wedding. So <laughs> um, um, but I would say work with your DJ on how long you want that time to be. And if there's like a I usually stand at the DJ booth with my couples and I'm like, just give me the eye. Give me a wink when you're over it and I will cut this thing down. But work on like, please no longer than a minute. Let this thing ride for like a minute 15 and then tune her out and then we're going, we're sitting down. I also think since it might, if it is a little awkward, try and get it. Generally, I say save the first dance to open your dance floor 
um, like after your mm-hmm. cake cutting. But if you're feeling some kind of way about it, get it out of the way first. So like walk right into the room, do that cute little dance, find your seat and let the person do the toast. So that way you can, you don't have to have it on your chest and you don't have to be yeah. thinking about anticipating it all night, which is a drag because then you're not present in your wedding experience. Right. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. I think we are, that's exactly how we structured it, which is grand entrance. Bridal party is not entering. Um, they will be seated. So it's just our grand entrance straight into first dance which will actually lead straight into the first band set based on how we split uh, it up. Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I think that actually is great. Cause I think once that's over, I feel like I can just be my authentic self. Yep. Um, and not have to worry. Cause we are, I think we're good dancers, but when we're just like having fun, like we've never actually like really had to dance like that, like a two step in front of everyone. Um, so I just have to stop putting so much pressure on myself. Um, But I also, as you can tell, I'm a type A bride. And my biggest problem is I keep leading and I need Alex to lead in the dance. So Hmm. I'm like waiting for him to make the next step. And then I just jump ahead and make the step. So we got to practice that this weekend. (laughs) That's why I was like, that's the only thing I would be practicing. And you don't need a teacher to do that because I think that's even just your own. That's another lesson just for you and just in your marriage, like letting him lead. And right. letting him do his thing and and knowing when he's trying to lead. Like, and I think practicing what that touch feels like is going to be is gonna be beautiful. And also just just yeah, let yeah. it breathe. And the way that you guys probably look in that camera dancing in regular clothes, you're gonna probably look way more refined doing it in a dress and a tux or a suit or wherever he's wearing. When you look a little bit more polished, you just kind of everything you do looks good. So, <laughs> like, right. so you'll, you'll be on your way, but okay. Let's talk a little bit about hindsight. So what would you have done a little bit differently if you could have? Oh, that's a great question. I think what I have, would have done differently. One thing I, I try to not have any regrets, but one thing I would have done differently is I would have gone to more bridal appointments and mm. just tried on more dresses I got the dress that I exactly envisioned myself in, but now that I am realizing you only get this experience once, I wish I had more fun just trying on things that were out of my element just for the sake of it. Mm. Because again, I'll never have these moments again. And I was so keen on like trying on something so specific. I just wish, I guess entirely, I just wish I let myself breathe more during this Mm. process. I love that. Well, we have an expert that I want us to talk about, about some of these things and when wedding details are a little bit overdone, when you should give yourself a little bit more breathing room. And we're going to bring them on to dig a little deeper into that. And now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, we have on Gabriella Rello Duffy, editorial director at brides.com. Gabby is a writer and editor with 10 years of experience covering weddings, home, beauty, food, and lifestyle content. Gabby, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you both today? Thank you for having me here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So Mila was just telling us about shopping for dresses and she, she's happy with her dress, but Mm -hmm. she would have done something a little different. Talk to us. 
Yeah, I'm very happy with my dress. I know my body shape so well, especially as a curvy girl who works in fashion. So I had a very particular dress in mind and I got that exact dress. However, I only went to three bridal appointments in one weekend and it was almost like anticlimactic. I was so happy I found my dress, but I do wish that I tried on more just for the sake of it, because my bridal season's over now and I will never get to try on dresses again in my life. I mean, I, I am a content creator, so I do try them on, but it's different than when you're actually a bride. And I just wish I had those memories of me in even the most insane gowns I'd never wear just for the sake of having that moment. Um, so that's kind of like my advice that I like to give to other brides too, is to book more appointments than I did. <laughs> How many appointments did you have in total? Just three. I literally three. Went to yeah. three and I found it right away on the third appointment, first dress. Well, you know, there's definitely pros and cons to doing lots and lots of appointments. Like I totally hear what you're saying. I felt the same way. Um, I, went in knowing what dress I was going to buy and I bought it and that's how it was for my wedding. Um, but on the flip side, my sister tried on literally over a hundred wedding dresses and then you start getting that fatigue and you can't tell them apart. You can't remember everything. So there is something to be said for like knowing what you love, what works for you. And you know, you'll always remember finding the special one too, even if you don't remember <laughs> or have the experience of trying on the big ones and the, the crazy ones. At least you got the one. That's the, the big takeaway. That's true. And decision fatigue is so real. And there's so, because there's so many other things that you probably did take a long time drawing out. Like, oh, I sure wish this was over. And it wasn't a, as quick as a decision as getting the dress. So, so it's like, I think you balance it out pretty well, but Gabby, how many, what are like from readers and other people, like how many appointments are people usually going on? It really runs the gamut. I mean, there are, you, you sort of have two camps. You have the woman who goes in and knows what she wants, where she wants it from, has a really clear idea. And then there's the woman who tries on like truly everything. Um, so I think probably people fall more in like the three to five appointment range. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, try on probably 20 or fewer. Um, I think that's fairly common, but you'll always have those people who try on literally just one or try on as many as they can possibly get their bodies in. <laughs> I love that. And Mila, were there any other decisions that did take too long and you were like, I want this to be over? <laughs> you know, yes. I will say the hardest part about wedding planning is when you want to move on with something, you want to get something over with, but you're waiting on your final guest count in order to be able to do that. Mm. That is the process. I mean, I had no control over that, but that's the process that took the longest because I just wanted to start creating stationery and menus and anything that needed like an individual count and moving forward with that. But I couldn't because RSVPs, you know, you have like a two or three week window. Um, and eventually I just let it go and was like, I'm just going to overprint based on a get like a guess. And if I have extras, like I'll just pay the extra because I was tired of waiting for that. Um, also, I will say just in general invitations were just a drag. I think honestly, if I ever, I will never get married again, but <laughs> if I were to replan it, I would just send out digitals <laughs> and just print out maybe like 10 for my immediate family members, 20 of uh, physical copies. But I think digitals would have saved me so much time and relaxed my mind. 
in a different way. And it's just like something I don't care about anymore. Like while I loved how they came out and I am happy with like everyone gave me so many amazing compliments and I loved the look of them. I will never get that time back in my life. And I was so stressed for such a long time that it wasn't even worth it. Shout out to the stationaries yeah, who do this. Stationary is a you. tough one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do love you though. I we just yeah, I can't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> stationary is such a such a tough one for people. I know it's um, you know, it's the first detail that people see from your wedding. Like that is their sneak peek into everything that's to come. So you do want it to be beautiful and that fatigue that you're talking about of like pouring over the details and really not knowing how to introduce your wedding style because in some ways you may have not even fully defined it yet and you're still working on that. Um, that can be really tricky. And the RSVP thing, I I get it completely. We think we all get it. It is so tough tracking down the RSVPs. And I literally am guilty of this myself. One of my good friends is getting married in May. And I was like, oh my God, I missed her RSVP deadline. I've worked (laughs) in the wedding industry as an editor for 10 years. And I was like, do I send her flowers? What do I do to apologize for being three days late? Um, I think it's like, you know, we all are so busy. And I think the digital point is, is really a good one to make. Like I, I love paper stationery, but digital RSVPs make it so easy for people to just like mm. get it back. Um, so there are some pros and cons and like you can kind of mix and match there. Yeah. Digital is definitely something I'm talking in most of our couples just on the reliability of USPS as well. It's just becoming such a pain to rely on them to get everything there and even get it there in a, in a pristine manner, like in the way that it left your house looking yeah. so beautiful. And by the time it gets to the recipient, it looks like it's been through hell and back. And like, so it's really understanding what's valuable. And Mila, I think it's a, like, that's a good idea is when people are like, I kind of want a hybrid. I always suggest like, well, if you do want something mm-hmm. that's printed, focus on getting just the printed elements for those people where you might might be handing it to them. Um, or it's really just you're getting, you're investing in some good quality, maybe 10 to 15. And those are the ones you're for photographing anyway. You really just want it for the picture to tell in the story, especially if you're trying to get published. And it's like, you really only need one. So, and send yeah. everyone else a little digital thing and be like, are you coming or not? So it's like no one's photographing <laughs> their experience. So it's really just having that good one that you can use to, if you're trying to get a, a, a wedding published for sure. So I think that's a good call. Just, just get a cup printed. It's fine. Okay. So Mila, I want to talk about any other details that you might've done that you felt were a little bit overdone. And then Gabby, I'm open to you kind of just sharing general like tips. What are you seeing over the past 10 years of things that used to be really important, maybe some things that aren't that important anymore, um, just so we can see how things might have changed over the past 10 years? Yeah, um, I would say if there are any, I don't think there are any details I personally that I think are overdone. There's definitely some that I originally, you know, I got engaged in November of 2021. I'm getting married April 2023. So many things that have changed in terms of what I want. And I've just eliminated, I was originally going to print out um, full on programs and put them on everyone's seat, got rid of that, didn't think it was necessary anymore. I was going (laughs) to give everyone individual fans on everyone's seat during the ceremony also got rid of that. It's just, you know, just completely not necessary. So many things I was going to deck out and put all this effort into 
making our rehearsal dinner so personalized and creating stationery for that. And that's another thing I was just like, it's just not worth it anymore. I just want to experience it. And I don't need every single detail to just be photographed anymore. Um, But one thing that is, I've seen a lot, I think there's been a lot of discourse on this on TikTok too. People are discussing like, do we need welcome signs anymore? And I personally have to have a welcome sign at, I don't have to, but I need a welcome sign at my wedding venue because there are four rooms on site and I don't want other guests from another wedding just to assume that they're at the right venue. But however, the the night before, like our welcome cocktail party and our rehearsal dinner, I'm like, everyone who's supposed to be there will be there mm-hmm. and they'll know exactly where it is. Do I need to make a sign for this? And I've had it literally on my to-do list with a question mark for like six months and we're 10 days away and I could easily get one printed at FedEx. It's not a problem, but I'm like, do I really need this? Yeah. I mean, if you're asking my opinion of whether or not you need it, it's a no. I, it's an, one of those things that they're they're nice to have. Personalization is so nice and it is the name of the game in weddings today. Like every detail of every single wedding doesn't need to be personalized though. Like there are, I've seen and been to so many perfectly lovely weddings that like don't have welcome signs and don't have, you know, special printed menus with the couple's names. It's just a regular old menu. Like at the end of the day, even, you know, I, I work in the wedding publishing industry. So it's, I know that we help perpetuate a little of that, but that stuff is all just beautiful inspiration and you should take from it what resonates with you and what you care about and not feel badly about not wanting to do something or not feel like you have to do something. Um, I think, you know, you can go to weddings that have every single sign and every single detail and not remember any of it. And you can go Mm. to weddings that have none of that stuff and remember everything so well. So I always think about guest experience first and foremost, is this going to enhance the experience for your guests? I think exactly like you're saying for your wedding day, yes, it will, because your guests directionally need, you know, to know where they're going and you don't want other guests showing up, but at your welcome party, they know where they're going and they don't need that. And it's not going to enhance that experience for them. Right. And my my thing too with it is if it's not going to be 100% my style and my best effort, it's just not worth it. And again, like I said, I would 100% get rid of the welcome sign at the wedding. However, I just don't want people to be confused when they show up because our venue is, there's so many little hidden areas that I just don't want to cause any confusion. Totally. I agree. I love a good guest experience and I agree. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Less is more. (laughs) For sure. Gabby, what have you seen over the past 10 years as like just general things that used to be important and maybe aren't so much anymore? Yeah. I think the the one thing that really comes to mind, I guess there are two things, but they kind of go together. Wedding favors. I think we all know wedding favors are like, you just don't need them. Nobody wants to go home with a frame or a keychain. Maybe somebody does, but the vast majority of your guests like, don't need a branded candle. Um, and nobody is going to miss it if it's not there. Uh, I would rather see couples reinvest that money into like late night snacks or something fun and cool that guests actually want. They want a late night snack because everyone's been drinking, everyone's been dancing. um, And that's the perfect thing to do instead. I also think these very over the top lavish welcome bags are something that 
they are beautiful and I am obsessed with them, but I cannot tell you how many times I have, when I, you know, when I first worked at Brides from 2013 to 2017, I worked on the print magazine and we would get our submissions in and, you know, it was very competitive to pick what went in the magazine. And then within that, you're pulling out all of the details. And I would ask so many couples to tell me what was in their welcome bag because we had this gorgeous shot we were putting in the magazine. And they were like, oh, that actually wasn't our welcome bag. Our photographer just like put some stuff together. Like our real welcome bag was like a little box with a bag of pretzels and a water bottle. And like they made it into this thing. Most people aren't giving out bottles of like Miraval wine and full, you know, silk sleep mask like there's there i'm sure are some couples who actually do this but i think give people the necessities of what they want advil for the next day water a little snack like if there's an itinerary they need but i think we're seeing those types of details those really over invested ones kind of moving away um or couples are moving away from them I love, I love. What are some new trends that you're excited about that are really, because I have my own, but I, so I'll stop there and say, I agree with you on the welcome bag. Like, especially for a destination wedding, I think they're delightfully unsustainable and we're always taking so much stuff and guests sometimes have to leave them because they've already overpacked their suitcases. They don't need one more little thing that's going back into that bag. So I'm totally yep. down and it's just lifted my life like a hundred percent. Yes. Um, I Another thing actually that I'm seeing couples move away from, which speaks to what I do like instead, uh, the champagne walls for mm. escort cards. Nobody mm. wants like a flat flute of champagne that was poured an hour and a half ago mm-hmm. and now it's warm and there's no bubbles. Like nobody wants that. But we are seeing couples be so creative with their escort cards um, or, you know, whether it's a display or a seating chart or whatever it is. And I love that because they really often tell the story of a couple. Um, It's a high impact moment. Like I thought about this a lot myself when I was planning my wedding. I think about this a lot when I look at wedding submissions we get um, and what really makes an impact for guests and something like that where they are it's their introduction to the reception. Mm -hmm. They're looking at all of the details. They're moving from one place to another. It can be very transportive. Um, I love that trend of, of really cool, interactive, um, escort card and place setting displays. I agree. I absolutely like, that's one of my favorite design components for sure is like, once we get the invitations done, I'm like, all right, how are we displaying the names? And I'm usually also thinking about that while we're even designing and doing all the florals. It's like, what's the cool, cause it's the one yeah. play, it's the one time you're actually getting all of the guests to interact in something. And it's, it's other than, I mean, yeah. other than the food and beverage, it's like, all right, that's a given, but what's a cool thing of how they find themselves here, literally. And I think that's really cool. Mila, are you working on something really fancy and schmancy for your escort wall or what are you doing? (laughs) Yes, that actually got me so excited because I am, I'm doing both things. I do have welcome bags, but they're so to the point. I did create um, a really cool reusable tote bag that doesn't have our names on it at all. (laughs) Because my, also my big push with this wedding (laughs) is sustainability, So our wedding tote bags literally just say Malibu, California, have like a palm tree on them. And I want people to use them at the grocery store or for errands after. I don't want it. Mila Alex's wedding on April 22nd. There's none of that on there. 
Um, but our, we do have, um, a seating chart display, like a build out coming. And I sourced some inspiration just from what I saw online and sent it to my planner. And she matched me with someone who could, who was based locally, who can make it. And it was actually quite affordable. It was like one of the more shocking, um, quotes that I've received because I was fully anticipating it to be double the price and it wasn't. And working and she's the vendor who I have, that's creating the seating chart has been the most responsive vendor. She has sent me updates every step of the way. So I'm actually looking forward personally to seeing that the most in person. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait. Ugh, it is such love. a fun detail. And I'm all for a welcome bag too. You know, I had welcome bags for my wedding. Like I yeah. just, I think it's like, I love the idea of it being a tote bag that people can take home and use. Um, and I'm sure it sounds like you're keeping it very, you know, the basic mm-hmm. stuff people actually want for the weekend. And I think that's, that's what guests really appreciate. They're not like, Oh, I got this like diffuser for my hotel room <laughs> that I'm spending two minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept it strictly to food and snack, like snacks and water. <laughs> and I did yeah. add like personal details. Like I spent some time changing the water bottle labels with our logo. Nice. That was like a project that cost me less than $20 yeah, to do. For sure. Um, yeah. and I just want, I, I'm all about function over anything. Yeah. Um, I actually, I do have a question though. I am curious yeah. on what you think, like, since I am having a somewhat destination wedding, like what do you think about continuing the events for a third day? Like, is it necessary? Because we went back and forth in our head, whether or not we wanted a day after brunch. And we both decided like, we just want to be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've had two weddings, two bridal showers, both a bachelor bachelorette party. Like I do not want a third day. And we did, you know, some people in our family were not, you know, we're kind of pushing both on my side and his side. And I don't know what, and from our friend's perspective, they were like, we don't want to go to that. We just want to go home. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear yeah. what you think um, about that topic. Yeah. It is such a trend to do the full wedding weekend. And I think it is exhausting for couples. Like I truly think you cannot soak in the excitement of your wedding when you are literally like, okay, I have to go to bed now because I need to get up in six hours to be at my brunch. Like, I don't think a brunch is necessary. I think it is lovely. if It is right for you. And if you want one, but I totally don't think it's necessary. What I've actually really liked um, from weddings I've attended is when people put stuff on their wedding website, that's like, here are favorite, like a few favorite local breakfast spots. Like here's a good sit down. Here's a good grab and go coffee and just give people recommendations because they're probably going to hit the road anyway. And Mm -hmm. they don't want to, you know, feel like they're rushing out of your brunch or anything like that. So I definitely don't think they're necessary. And I think there are so many other options there. I agree. I think that's a good, that justifies my decision as well. Yeah. And it's also, I think we've been talking about being over-programmed. And I think if you're doing like a welcome and a rehearsal and then the wedding day, and like you're saying, this is a destination for some people, they probably only have that one day to really explore, like you're saying, great food, but also maybe they wanted to go sit by the beach for just a hot second because they're coming from New York or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's like giving them that day to really experience the city that you brought them to, I think is really valuable. So I think you're making a great call of just leaning into you, just eating some cake in your bed um, the night of the day yeah. after and <laughs> taking it real easy and living a good soft life, which I think is fabulous. So <laughs> That's funny that you say that because I did ask my planner to save us a piece of cake so we could eat it the next morning. <laughs> oh my God. That was the best thing my wedding coordinator, my wedding coordinator did for us. She left two slices of cake for us in our room at the, like she didn't, I didn't ask her. 
she didn't tell me she was doing this. I just got up there with found a little note and I was like, Oh my God, this is the single best thing. So I now always tell brides that. So I love that you already asked for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's one of our, it's one of our special tricks because we know you're going to want to eat something sugary after all the foolishness you've been through. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So Gabby, you're from brides.com and I know all of the folks that are listening have that big body question that's waiting for you to hear it. How do they get published? (laughs) I know everyone always wants to know. It is so hard. We are spoiled for choice, truly. Um, I could run endless numbers of weddings. Like We could just truly only run real events and never run out of content because there are so many beautiful creative weddings out there, but we are, you know, not limited, but we have to create other content as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So we have to be selective in some ways. Um, But, you know, we have all of our guidelines on brides.com. We have a submission process, which is actually through a Google form, which I think surprises people. They're always like, I feel like I should send a personal note and an email, but our emails are absolutely insane. So actually the Google (laughs) form works really well. It keeps track of everything. We know if we haven't looked at something. Um, And, you know, there's no exact formula for a wedding. A lot of people always ask, like, what are you looking for in a wedding? And we actually don't know in a lot of ways because we are looking for what's new and creative and happening. And I can't predict all of the amazing things (laughs) wedding planners and couples and florists are coming up with. Um, So in some ways, it's like the more unexpected, the better if we haven't seen it. And I've seen a lot now in 10 years um, between two major bridal publications. I've, I've seen a lot of weddings for a lot of different styles. Um, and people never cease to stop amazing me with how mm. incredible and unique their weddings are. Um, so I think this is also one of those things that's a little counterintuitive to maybe what I should be saying, but don't plan your wedding based on trying to get featured somewhere. Plan your wedding based on what is authentic to you, what you are going to look back on and love. Um, because your wedding could be absolutely spectacular, but we had just accepted a wedding at that same venue and like we we can't feature the same venue so closely together. Or, you know, we just accepted a wedding where the bride is wearing the exact same dress. Like there are countless reasons why we have to pass on weddings that have nothing to do with the actual quality and beauty of the wedding itself. That's why I say like we we really would never run out of of weddings to run if we could just run them all because there are so many incredible ones. Um so, you know, I think if you do want to submit, tell the story, tell us anything really exciting and special that we don't know about based on the photos, if you have, you know, a really special love story or special details. Um but don't be discouraged if a publication doesn't accept your wedding or don't feel like your wedding was any less than or not as beautiful or not as special because I guarantee it absolutely was. And, you know, our reasons are countless of why we need to accept certain things or not accept certain things. Um, And it doesn't change how incredible the day was. That's beautiful. I agree. That's great. I will be submitting my wedding. (laughs) 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 But I honestly, 
I honestly hadn't even thought about it until you brought that up. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think anyone should plan their wedding with the intention of getting it, it featured. I think I read actually a ton of the Brad submissions all the time. And I think I love them because they all are so bespoke to the couple. And yeah, um, it's all about like personal details or just like even sometimes it's just a special story about how they met or their families or anything. And I, it's a very nice pastime to be able to read on brides.com. Yeah, um, they're so fun. It's one of those things that I'm like, I get paid to do this, yeah. um, which I'm sure Fallon, you feel the same way of like, I get, <laughs> well, I guess for you, it's a little, like, a ha, little ha, more ha, logistics, ha, but ha, the ha, planning ha. side of it is probably... <laughs> Yeah, I guess I have the more fun side of that. Yeah, in some ways. But you have the more creative side. Of I, it. I do because then I'm actually I'm always thinking like, all right, how do we get this published? So I always do have it in the back of my mind of like, would they pick this up? What is she wearing? What do I need to think about? Yeah. All right, we need to get this. So it, it's always in the back of my mind, but I also agree it's the authenticity and when it comes naturally, that's that's when it, it is gold. And I think that's travels throughout our lives in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. You get chosen when you really are just you and not trying to mimic someone else. So I think this is a, yeah. we've had a beautiful conversation. I think you've given a lot of people, Mila, some permission to really just kind of let it go a little bit and just do what, do what mm-hmm. feels right. <laughs> and, and Gabby, thank you so much for all your insight and letting us know people make up wedding bags. And I'm, I'm chained knowing that. <laughs> Some of the welcome bags I've seen are the false. secrets I hold. <laughs> it's like you have pulled a rug underneath me. <laughs> there are some, I've heard some stories. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Betch's Brides. Mila, where can people follow you and follow along for your second wedding? Yes, they can follow me on both TikTok and Instagram. I'm super active on TikTok. Um, Mila, M I L A A White on both platforms. Uh, And Gabby, where can folks follow you? They can follow me on Instagram at my dorky Instagram handle, which is at Gabadabadoo with three O's. (laughs) Surprisingly, there is another Gabadabadoo out there. So you need to look for the one with three O's. Um, Or follow us along on Brides at Brides on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. We are everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, um, it is the height of bridal fashion week right now. So there's Ooh. a lot of great content for anyone shopping for dresses. Mila, if you want to experience some of those those big time dresses that you are saying you might feel a little sad you didn't look at, take a look on the Instagram and you can live vicariously through the feed. Yes, I've actually been to like four events this week. So yeah, I've been- fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram, and you can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and till death do us part. Betches.